Hello, hello, hello. This is Carla Michelle, and I am so happy that you've joined us on the Strong Work Podcast. And if you don't know, let me let you know that STRONG stands for strategic, talented, resilient, optimistic, necessary, and global. And if it is not the world you're affecting, make sure you are affecting your world. All right? So if you haven't, I need you to subscribe and I need you to join in and share it with someone who you know would benefit from interviews with men who are making a difference in this world or either, like I said, their world. Follow me on Instagram at Miss Carla Michelle. It's M-S-C-A-R-L-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Now let's get started. I have an amazing woman here on the line. Her name is Rosie Godicki, and she is, I like to call her a world-renowned chef. <laughs> She'll correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> she is fantastic. And I've uh, watched her on YouTube. She'll give you all that information. But she is doing some great things, and she wants to, I just want to talk to her and see what's been going on and what her journey is and how she's been handling what's been happening in the world. Rosie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, how are you? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I hear you. Got your, you. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Great. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And it's so nice to have you on this podcast. Thank you. You ready? Here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell, tell us, tell all the listeners a little bit about yourself or a lot of bit about yourself. Ooh, where should I start? Let's see. Um, I'm Rosie. I'm a woman. I'm married. I have three kids. <laughs> there you I'm go. A chef uh, and a mom of three. And, um, you know, just doing my thing out here. I just started an internet, um, a social media platform on Instagram and YouTube. So I got a YouTube channel right. going on with cooking and um, doing videos there and just getting a lot of exposure and just, you know, showing the world what I have and, um, you know, cooking and like that, as I like to say, one meal at a time, you know, showing people what they can do. <laughs> nice. Nice. I need to watch more of that because I'm out of practice with this cooking thing um, since the kids are grown. So I know I saw your sangrias and then I was told about your French toast that I need to check out and oh, make. yeah. That's so, a good one. It's mm, easy. Okay. It's a showstopper. It's easy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I need a showstopper, even if I have to eat the whole pan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, social distancing will be my excuse. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, Rosie, Rosie, how did you become, a, a, I called you a world-renowned chef. How did you, how did you do this? Uh, what was well, your journey? Well, you know, I... I didn't go to school. Uh, I didn't go to college right out of high school. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I would find out at some point. So I entered the workforce. And so I started working. And, um, and then after a few years, I realized I was like, I'm making a lot of money and I'm living in California and it's expensive. So I was like, I got to figure out, you know, a career. And, and I did some soul searching, trying to figure out what it is that I, what's my passion? What's my goal? What, it, what kind of gifts do I have? Like, am I a singer? Am I an artist? Like, I was looking for things that I can do yeah. that I would enjoy doing and you wouldn't have to pay me, that I could just do it. And, and when you do things like that, it's like, you don't, you never work 
because you're doing what you enjoy doing. So I was trying to figure out what did I have that was like that. And, um, and it was my roommate at the time, Janice, Janice Davis. She said, what are you doing? Because I was looking at books and uh, looking up stuff, trying to figure out what could I do. And she goes, well, why don't you, you know, do something with cooking or be a chef or something, go to school for that. And I said, why would you say that? And she goes, you're an amazing cook. You cook really well. Everybody's over here. And we were single. We were like in our 20, like 20, 21, 22, something like that. And she was like, you cook well. And, you know, everybody's over here. And I was like, okay. So I went to <laughs> chef school in San Francisco and that's where it started. And, uh, and I remember I didn't even have the deposit to even get in the school. And, um, but I just packed up my stuff and went and I said, I might get kicked out because I don't have that deposit, but I have faith. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, got, I got the deposit, but I got faith. So faith carried you further uh, than that deposit did. So um, I, I love it. So that, you know, a lot of us miss that opportunity of having friends who tell us how great we are or, and help us get to that next level. I, ha- I also had that experience with getting my master's mm-hmm. uh, is that because I had a friend, Marlene, tell me, like, you do this. You talk to people. You're, you know, this is the thing you do. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I so get it how, you know, sometimes we don't see it. And right. it's good to have someone around us point it out. So you went to school by faith without the deposit so apparently it worked out yeah it changed it changed my life like I had to step outside of my comfort zone and I had to go I had to go away I had to pack up and move by myself and and you know I had many Mm. obstacles you know getting there and stuff but um you know God was good and about faith I wanted to go back to that part about faith I didn't have the deposit but I just went and I didn't even know until I got in the school I was like okay this is the part where I get kicked out right so they said, okay, if you have, <laughs> if you have a balance, stand in this line. And if you don't have a balance and it's paid, go in this line. And so I, of course I got in the line where I had a balance and I was like, okay, let's see what they say. And I sat there and she said, do you have your balance? And I said, no, she's like, okay, well, you'll get this loan or this, some pill grant or something like that. And that'll cover the cost for that sign here and go get your books. And I was like, oh my God, did I just get into school? Like, like so you were shocked yeah I was shocked because I was like I might be going back so like but you know I did that and I went through it and going through school itself like I could cook a little bit like to me and to my friends but that was a whole new world like you know I was learning how to make escargot and you know filleting a whole salmon and you know a whole carcass of beef and you know just learning all these things that I had never seen or or heard and ingredients that I hadn't heard and in an environment that I wasn't used to or people and people from all walks of life. So it was, it was different, you know, but it changed my life. Um, I went to school and I got to work with um, amazing people and uh, had a career, carved out a career for myself and I've done catering. I have my own catering company. I've worked at the Ritz Carlton. I uh, became a private chef and I got to work for different, uh, um celebrities i i did one you gonna drop some names yeah i did okay so i did one dinner for um just a dinner i he i was not employed by him but i went over and i had to do a dinner as a test cook for uh kobe bryant so i did that and then i worked for antonio bendettis and um, melanie griffith i was their chef and um larry david i've worked for him um on the in the summers i would go and work for him and um 
Norman Lear. He was the one that created uh, Good Times and uh, that show. And then, um, and so, so many, uh, some other people uh, out there, but, um, but if I didn't take that leap of faith, I never would have had those opportunities. And I really enjoyed being a chef because I was my own boss. It was a way for me to make uh, the amount of money that I wanted to make instead of working at a restaurant mm-hmm. or working at a hotel and taking a long time to go up the ladder. Uh, being a private chef, you have the talent, the skill, they recognize it and they pay you for it and they pay you well. So I really enjoy that mm-hmm. freedom and to be creative. And then you're making things for that family of what they like, their favorite. So they think you're fabulous because everything you make <laughs> is all their they favorites. Like. You know, just think of somebody made your favorites all the time. You're like, oh my God, you're amazing. Oh, I would love you. you. <laughs> because it's all your favorites, you know? So, yes. um, so yeah, I, so I did that and, you know, and raising my kids, I have three kids. And um, so with this whole, you know, the current climate of our, our world, our nation, um, you know, with the corona coming coming to town uh, and being quarantined, um, I started cooking, um, and on that's why I started doing online cooking. But it was more out of a need um, because I saw during that time period, you know, you go to the store and there's you know all the rice is gone or all the ramen's gone or all the pasta, just mm. trying to get items. And so I said, you know what? Let me you know hop on you know just my Facebook real quick and just do a video and show people what they can do with the rice because we had a big 10 pound bag because we couldn't find any at the store so my husband you know went overboard and had a 10 pound or 20 pound <laughs> we're gonna eat rice right yeah now. <laughs> and we would barter like who wants rice who wants potatoes you know that kind of thing with our neighbors and stuff yeah, yeah. um and so i just did a simple like how to do fried rice leftover rice it's you know got that cold rice in the fridge and show you you know show people how to make that and um and then I did a vid. The next video idea was on ramen because there were there was no more ramen at the store, and I was like, okay, mm, so let me show people how right. to do this a little bit more healthier. Throw that packet out, and you know, um, you know, put some fresh ingredients: ginger, garlic, green onion, soy sauce, you know, sesame oil, and just make mm. like a nice little base and some broth and put that in there. And you can add shrimp or egg mm. or beef or whatever, and then you've got a meal and. I put that out and people commented just, it was so well received. Like I just, just did a little something to help people. And just what I got back in return was huge. You know, they were like, oh my God, I didn't know you can do that. And we're talking about ramen. Okay. And they were like, <laughs> I'm excited. Wow. And oh, people were sending their pictures. Look at mine with shrimp in it. And look at mine with the egg in it. And look at mine with, you know, I did it with chicken. And people were sending their pictures and it, and it became a way to connect with people because we couldn't mm-hmm. see people, you know, so we were able to connect uh, in, in the home. And, and I did a live uh, brunch on a Sunday and it just touched me so much that people tuned in and was like, it was so good to, to see your face and mm. you look so pretty and oh my God, the food is delicious. Mm. And some people cooked along, like I had a, they cooked along oh, too. Yeah. And so it was just, um, it just took off. And so um, I'm really uh, excited about that and uh, sharing, you know, my knowledge and, you know, and helping wow. people to find, you know, recipes that they love. And then I do vegan stuff too, because my, um, my daughter, I have one daughter who's vegan and the other daughter is vegetarian. And then I got my oh, okay. carnivores. <laughs> Would that include you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're yeah. a carver. <laughs> yeah. You know, can I take you back to something? Because I, I, 
you're making some really, you're dropping some really good nuggets that those who uh, are in business for themselves or even working for someone, um, but working, stepping out in faith in a lot, then how it opened the door to other things. And then it lands you to where you can be considered a celebrity chef, right? Uh Um, Any tips on how you negotiated salary and not to know your salary, but was there any tips? Was it just because they knew you were a great chef or did you have to, you know, go back and forth or they just gave you what you wanted? Um, it depends. Like if there, there's a rate, so the rate is fine, okay. but there's a range. So you can go towards the top of the range or the bottom of the range. Um, but one, where'd you go? Well, I usually went to the, to the top of the range and that's why I yes! liked it. Cause it was like, yes, I'm <laughs> glad you said that. I like you went to the top. Did you hear that ladies and gentlemen? She went to the top of the range. We are so, sometimes we stop ourselves and we try to, you know, get the business and we go low and we, we try to switch things up. So, oh, they'll get me, but mm-hmm. she went to the top. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, one of the things about going to the top, I would say, is if you have the credentials, that's one of the things that was huge for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. The things that were on my resume, just, you know, going to school, you know, having that degree, uh, working Mm -hmm. at the Ritz-Carlton, working at, you know, things like that, that were, it was like, okay, you got this, this, okay, so now we can talk, you know what I mean? And so that's what they like. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that gave me the confidence. Okay, so you saw that. So all right, let's talk numbers and the numbers, you know, would be what I wanted, but also Mm -hmm. having the confidence. You can't go in for me and be like, "Mm, can you give me like 10 more dollars? No, you have to go in and be very confident. The amount is X, Y, Z. No, no negotiation about it, you know, and people are like, okay. Mm -hmm. And especially Mm -hmm. if you are in your element and you have the credentials and the people have the money to pay it, then they will, they will pay you. Like, and I've worked with people who have yeah. millions of dollars. I've been to beautiful mansions and, and they'll be cheap too. They have a ton of money, but they'll be like, oh. mm-hmm. and they have that money for a reason. They yeah. have accountants that like, Hey, you need to cut back and you know, you need to watch yeah. the spending. So I have one client. They didn't want to, um, they didn't want a full-time chef. They just wanted somebody to come in in the summers and they had like their little bottom line that they wanted to use and, um, but I didn't want, I didn't want that. So I, I didn't work with them and I was okay to walk away from that, you know, cause it wasn't like I was walking away from a ton of ca- cash, you know, I could, I had mm-hmm. opportunities elsewhere. So, you know, you just have to have confidence and just be able to, you know, tell them with a straight face, you know, this is what I'm worth and what I want. Um, but you don't even have to say that you just start off with the amount first with confidence and, um, mm-hmm. And, and they, you know, but, you know, but knowing in your mind that you're worth it uh-huh. and what you want. Yeah. yeah. And be willing yeah. to walk away. Like even in my catering company, I, you know, I started off really low and then I kept raising my prices and raise, but I didn't raise my price on say clients I already had, like anybody knew that came in. So I would be like, okay, it would be mm-hmm. this much. And, and I found the more I went up, the more people paid for it. And it was usually, you know, my newer clients. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's fair to do that on your clients that are not no. as new be like hey if it's 25 yeah. now it's 100 you know and they're like what are you doing <laughs> so but um yeah when you're confident and you say this is what it is um people respect that and um and they usually end up giving to you and if 
And if they're not, then you don't really want to work with them anyway. If, uh, if they're hemming and hawing about, oh, that's a lot, well, be willing to be like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that because it's going to become a headache later. If you, if you don't go for the amount that you want and you go for less and then you end up working for them, and then they're like, you know, well, can you take this off too? And can you, and then it's just a big headache. So it's just better to just walk yeah. away and, you know, get what you deserve. The truth with that, I think, and it's, it's so key. If they're giving you a hard time at the beginning, him and Holland, and they are going to do the, the entire time of your mm-hmm. service agreement. Yeah. So it is best to call it when you just call it, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't put yourself in that predicament where you know, you're regretting uh-huh. and then your service declines because you're regretting this guy, this, this client that you're working with. So uh-huh. very, very good point. I love it. So then you went on and you discovered with COVID and all meeting a need. I mean, rice needs, um, noodle needs and just things that we don't even think about, but you met a need and it's really seems like it's been good for you from making that shift to this is what I can't do anymore to what I can do. Yeah. What got you there? What made you think of this? Was it just the rag of rice that came in the house or were you just really seeking something to do? Well, no, I, I, um, I originally, I did want to have something, you know, have a social media presence, but way in the future, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna do it one day. But when this opportunity (laughs) came, I was like, let me just show somebody how to do it, you know? just I, my daughter's a film student I was like just go ahead and record me real quick and so oh, real uh, quick <laughs> but it was the response They're like wow mm. and then people were like oh you're so good and oh you know you should get your own channel and blah 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 blah. and so the feedback that I got from that is what really encouraged me it was like because you know you don't sometimes you don't recognize your own uh, talent or skills as being a talent and a skill <laughs> it's just like yeah mm-hmm. it's just that but then when people yeah. say, no, I need that. I don't know how to do that. Could you show me how to do this and that? And people, um, their response and how they were surprised that just by following what I said, they were able to do that and how they can make make something delicious too. So, yeah. So out of that, that's when I started, um, you know, shooting more videos and doing Instagram and YouTube and uh, a YouTube channel. And that was people were saying, you should get a show. You should do a channel and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so I said, okay, I guess not. Now's time. So I had to crank it up. <laughs> Start doing yeah. It. Was it hard for you to crank it up or just like, it was just so natural. Um, doing the cooking part is not hard. It's the other stuff that's hard. The unknowns it's the, you know, I'm not a big, uh, social media person, you know, um, and so just learning that, like how to navigate, you know, social media, post and, you know, don't post too many and don't <laughs> post a lot and, you know, post on this day and post at nine, and, you know, that kind of stuff. This time. Yeah. yeah. So just yeah, trying to learn yeah, yeah. all that. But it's been fun. And, um, you know, I'm meeting new people. And then when you get a new follower, it's like, oh, my gosh, people follow. Yeah. <laughs> so. But they see that I'm necessary, that, that I'm necessary in their lives. And that's, that's what they're saying. It's like, it's like a vote for you, you know, yeah. like, I, I believe in you, Rosie. And I, I'm, I'm here looking at what you're doing. And, and it is somewhat rewarding, right? Yeah. In, in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. It is. That's, 
Oh, wow. That is so great. So thank you for sharing those nuggets because we do overlook, you know, not we think because we didn't go to college right away that it's that it's over for uh-huh. us. Um, and it's not. You can go to college anytime. I went to college late, so I get it. And then, you know, you have a journey, but don't ever think that you cannot live a dream that maybe a dream that just needs to be dusted off at right. times or uh-huh. just bought to flourish. And, you know, you don't even realize what you can do. And that's what you did. So that is so cool. So what else has been going on with you? So you're chefing. <laughs> I call it yeah. chefing. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> what's been going on? How's the family? And how have you been adjusting with the what's happening in the world lately? Ooh, now the newest thing is the 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 current climate with the the, the racial tension that has been a doozy. Mm-hmm. Um, the incident with George Floyd that that rocked me to my core. I and I think as a community, as a um, black community, I think we all were traumatized by that. In the whole nation, yeah. we're all rather black, white. You saw that. And it hit you, you know, uh, like never before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen that before, but not like that. And um, and it bothered me. I mean, I was like uh, upset and uh, angry. And then the whole racial tension in our country came to a head. And, you know, people are choosing sides. And But then seeing people um, uh, that were non-Black coming out and supporting the movement and, you know, protesting. And that was great. But for me, um, I learned a lot about um, Hmm. people, how people really think. And maybe they're not like completely racist, but they have racial, 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 they're being insensitive with it. But Mm -hmm. um, I was a little disappointed in my white brothers and sisters, uh, Christian white brothers and sisters. that they were silent, you know, um, and I'm talking about from a social media uh, standpoint, and I'm also talking about from like calling, I guess, because we're on quarantine and I get to see people as much. But um, but I, even from a social social media standpoint, like Facebook, you know, um, you know, everybody's talking about it. Our nation was on fire, you know, literally on fire from the riots mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And I, I just thought to myself, how can we go from um you know, the Corona and quarantine and talking about tacos and showing pictures of puppies. And then this person gets (laughs) killed and we have racial tension and no one says a word, you know, just this certain group of people just quiet. And I'm like, hmm. And it wasn't just one person. There was a group of people and not all, I'm not saying all my white brothers and sisters, but there was a group of my white brothers and sisters that were really silent uh, on the the matter. And I later found out that some people were just, didn't know what to say. And then people were, you know, um, married to cops or, and they didn't know what to say. And that was strange to me too, because cops are supposed to be for justice. So if you're for justice, then Mm, say you're for justice, you know, and people were drawing the lines. Well, and I'm not saying the police did that. I'm talking about police families. And they Mm -hmm. just act like they couldn't come out and say something like, yeah, that was wrong about George Floyd. And I stand for justice and we're behind the badge and we want to protect, you know, it wasn't that. It was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I can't say anything. Yeah, you can. 
And there are police officers that would speak, hey, I didn't do that. I'm for justice. I, you know, I wear the badge. I came to fight for justice, you know? So, um, but that was, that was hard for me to see that and to, to see that people, you know, were so quiet. And I was like, how could you be so quiet about something that's going on like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, but then I got, you know, I have white friends that are like, heck no, that's wrong, blah, 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 you know, and they just call it out. And yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that was, um, that was hard to see. And then there was this person, um, Candace Owens, who has a very strong viewpoint um, about the black community and she's a very conservative Republican and, um, just some of her views. I mean, she says some good things and some bad things, but she did a whole video about George Floyd, which was horrific. And mm. I noticed some of these same people were, you know, our followers are hers. And I'm like, did they think I was their con- Can- um, Candace Owens? You know, because I'm black, my husband's white. Yeah. I don't think like that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not her. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was yeah. wondering, did they think yeah. I was her? You know, and you know, I mean, mm. you may think that and I may look like that, but that is not me. That is not who I am, yeah. you know. Don't put so, you in the same box. No, yeah. no, no. And I'm thinking, is that why you liked me? Because you thought that? So just all these, you know, thoughts Whoa. ran into my head and not saying that they're true or they could be, but <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. And it's just the feeling that I had from what I was receiving from the people that you know, it's almost life. like not make not seeing something is like you are saying something mm-hmm. if they say not not to make a decision is making a decision you know yeah, to do nothing and so it's like it, yeah yeah so that was their decision and you know you do hear a lot of uh you know I have white friends and they reached out and I don't think anyone knows what my friends maybe not know what to say I was a little confused uh, in some parts because they're, how are you? And I just took it like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But I didn't know they meant, how are you? Yeah, they were checking in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, but that, you know, they they checked in on me and, and shared, you know, some of them shared their heart. I was even on LinkedIn and, and one guy offered to write me a letter to apologize for the white community. <laughs> and so I allowed him to, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, uh, and you know, he follows me on LinkedIn uh-huh. or reconnected on LinkedIn and he chose me. I don't know if he was going around connecting with uh, people on LinkedIn, but I got a letter and he probably apologized for his white privilege and taking jobs that he knew someone else of color was better for it. And, uh-huh. you know, he, he, he expressed himself wow. and I'm not, yeah. But and my response was, you know, thank you. I don't even know if I said thank you. I don't mean to not be thankful, but it was more as I hope that in your future, it was a young, young man, a uh, young white man. And I said, I hope that that followed this because you've made some really you know, dynamic apologies, but Mm -hmm. what happens after the protesting stops and it's not cool anymore to apologize or to say Black Lives Matter, you know, when you are up against someone who's of color and you know they're better than you for this position, they fit the position better, will you step back? You know, those are the actions that we would look for. 
And so I, you know, I posed that to him and, you know, he's like, yeah, I believe that they should just, you know, he had his opinion. If I go there, you'll probably get a little roused if I say what he really said, (laughs) but he, he he was really trying hard. And yeah, those are the things that if trying, and if someone's not even trying to be corrected, it does make you kind of question. And Mm -hmm. I, so I understand how disheartened, disheartened that you could feel by that but what happens so you're in an interracial marriage um do you have conversation with your kids i mean what what dynamics may have adjusted in in your family if any yeah well with my kids uh my son he's you know he's at home he's you know not with friends but my girls are and it's it was mainly like i said social media that it really let you know Mm. what who was who and what side they were on and um and, you know, they were kind of devastated, like people they looked up to or um, uh, even actors or um, things like that, that they people they looked up to that weren't that didn't take a stance. And it's like, wow, all this time I thought she was a person for, you know, change. And so um, because people were, you know, showing their solidarity mm-hmm. for the black community. And then there were some people that, you know, didn't. But you can't say, I'm not saying that you should just judge everybody based on, you know, social media and what they, what their stance was. But that was the climate. People were like, hey, we stand with Black Lives Matter. Um, but um, they were kind of uh, hurt, you know, at different points. Like, wow, even with their own friendship, because they, you know, said that they, uh, you know, stood for Black Lives Matter or, you know, for the cause, period. Um, people, Mm -hmm. some people didn't agree or stopped being their friends. And at one point they, you know, both of them vocally were saying things like, Hey, if you don't believe in, you know, this cause, you can unfriend me. So they had gotten to that point because they just wanted to just like weed everybody out. So So that's what they did. They (laughs) did a really black or white thing there. They're like, Hey, yeah. 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 So that was, it was rough to see them, you know, they were kind of hurt. Um, and uh, for my husband, you know, him and I, like, it just hit me differently. Um, I would wake up some days, I would wake up with tears in my eyes and, you know, things that I had seen yeah. on on social media posts that, like, uh, somebody had posted um, on Facebook, they said, there's a new app that tells you which one of your friends are racist, and it's called Facebook. And that was so true. <laughs> so true oh wow because <laughs> you're wow, sitting there wow, and you're wow. like uh i can see that <laughs> so uh so oh, and so you wow. would see some hurtful things it, it hurt when you saw that like yeah. that's yeah. how you feel yeah. like you you really think that all black mm-hmm. people are like that or they're very um one-sided you know um uh all trump stuff all police stuff all you know and you're like mm-hmm. There are other things to talk about. What about, you know, all the black people are not the ones, you know, looting or starting the riots, you know, yeah. but they would spin it yeah. where it was like, it was all black, you know? And so, and with the media too, like I had to turn the news off because I woke up one morning, just as cheery. And I turned on the news. I was so dark and depressed afterwards. I was like, okay, no more turning that yeah. down. So it was, yeah. it was rough to uh, go through that, but now I'm in a good place. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more healthier now, but that, I think we're all, we were all traumatized by what we saw. And, um, and I will say that there, I am glad that I'm more woke now because I didn't um, talk about race before because I was met with justification. 
So that's why I didn't talk about race. If, you know, I went to a white person and said, hey, did you see that George Floyd thing? Well, we don't know what he did. Well, the police are investigating oh. it or a police officer wouldn't do that. Then I know, okay, conversation ended. We're not going anywhere with this. But if they were like, oh my God, that was horrible. Then I know I can continue talking. So today is a new day. I'm more woke. I'm not going to, you know, um, accept any of the gaslighting conversations, you know, when they say that, mm-hmm. I will just, you know, say, you know, well, actually, that's not okay. There was investigation. And it's wrong for police brutality, you do know, you know, African Americans go through that, you know, so I've been having conversations mm-hmm. with people that I've never had before. And people wanted to ask questions, I said, I'm mm. open to it. And so I had to have some sit down and have some one on ones with people that clearly didn't get it. Like, um, and it's, yeah. and it's because our society, you know, our, our nation was built on, you know, lies and they want to keep everybody, you know, living this lie. And that's why there are white people in America right now that don't understand that some of the things that they do could be racist or that they have a privilege that we don't have because our society was mm-hmm. built on this. It was built to keep them successful and now it's built to keep them blind to what's going on. But they really do know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's such a, such a, you mentioned a lie and it's such a lie that hurts. You know, there's nothing like having a lie. Lie is a lie until it starts really hurting. And then we're at a place where it's been hurting. Right. But it's, it's obvious, obvious hurt and, and pain and despair behind something that's uh, been left idle for too long and been okay and acceptable in some eyes too long. So my hope is truly after all the protesting and, you know, as we, I hope that it, we, we just, all the work that we have done in voice and in deed and in actions is that it's not, it's not just brushed under the rug. And as much as that is probably a goal, Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of pacifying going on and, you know, okay, let's just get, let's get the black community quiet. And, right. And, you know, but uh, I would hope that we are making another step. I mean, we've been doing this for hundreds of years of trying to make a step forward. So hopefully this was a leap and we've busted open some doors that will stay open. Yes. Yes. That will stay open. Yes. But yeah. I wanted to say, I wanted to uh, say a positive thing though about, cause I said a lot of negative things sure, about, sure. you know, my, my disappointment. But one of the things that did help me is I do have um, a white girlfriend and she, I was going to a protest and she called me up and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to a protest. And she was like, okay, where? And met me at the protest mm. and walked with me. And that's what I needed. Mm. That's what I needed from my white brothers and sisters. I needed them to walk with me. And the generation, like my kids' generation, they're doing it. They were out there, all young people, all different um, ethnicities are out there fighting for the cause. They are. You know, the ones our age and above to come on and join the train, that would be awesome. (laughs) You know, real awesome. No, serious. It's so true. I was out protesting with my kids and... um, yeah, our age bracket uh, was few, yeah. but uh, the ones uh, 25 and under, they were out oh, there fire. all race, yeah. creek, everything. Yeah. It, they're just it was there. Beautiful. 
and it it wasn't it I mean it was something just even to be a part of it and see it uh-huh. I felt very motherly yeah. like you know it yeah. was like you're watching everybody make sure they're okay they have water yeah you know because it was it was our future yeah yeah out there protesting uh-huh. you know and um it was it's amazing and and I think it also uh did something for my kids of awareness uh, you know, we've all, you know, live life in a way that you don't really give much thought to it or talk to it, at least in, in, in the community that we're in. And now they're very much awoke, uh-huh. awakened, oh, or yeah. whatever you want to say it. So yeah. It's a, it's a different world now. It's a different world. Yeah. And so, and I'm so glad for you sharing that because that's real. I, I believe that when we eat, when I talk about Hello? 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 